0: I used to watch the wide world of sports every Saturday when I was a kid. I would hold my breath during the show's intro and wait for the skier who fell off the slope like a rag doll, you know that guy? I would hear the announcer proclaim the agony of defeat, and I secretly feared that I would be that guy. In fact, to this day, whenever I fall short or fail at something in life, it's that scene that plays through my head every time. I'm Nancy McLean, and this is Resisting Enlightenment. This is the podcast that unwisely revisits our most embarrassing, awkward moments and offers nothing but impotent commiseration. One Sunday a few weeks ago, I watched the Colts play the Broncos, a struggle between two strong teams that had all the tension and drama football fans want in a game. Now, the Colts' place kicker, Adam Vinatieri, is an anomaly. He's like 46 years old. He's practically a senior citizen in the world of pro sports, uh, certainly football, and his age comes up in every interview. They see him as a curious albatross in a field of 20 and 30-somethings. I mean, this is a game that chews players up and spits them out by their mid-30s. Vinatieri also happens to be one of the game's nicer guys. He's respected and loved by his team. Their enthusiastic fans and friends all love him. They've known him for years. But this particular game, Vinatieri was having a bad day. Three previous kicks were missed. One nicked the goalpost and bounced away not giving the team those three points they needed to keep moving ahead. The other two kicks missed the goal entirely, going outside while a stadium of fans groaned. Now in the fourth quarter, the cameras caught the look on his face as he warmed up on the sidelines for his fourth kick. The Colts had the ball and were trying unsuccessfully to run or pass it up the field. There were two minutes left, and the score was agonizingly locked in a tie. I can't help but imagine what was going through his mind. Pacing back and forth, gearing himself up. Was he planning his retirement? Was he thinking how this might be the last game, the last season he ever played? The cameras were catching his coaches' faces as well. And Vinatieri likely saw their scowls and disappointment from the field. As the ball he had just kicked cut through the pointless air outside the goalposts, logging no points for his teammates. Not once, not twice, but three horrible times. The Colts' fourth down was here, and Vinatieri made his way to the field. He faced the 40-yard expanse that stretched between him and the seemingly elusive goalposts. The ball was snapped, it was placed before him, laces out, and he took those four strides toward it. He had made those same four strides a million times before, the timing of which has to feel second nature for a man who's had more than 30 years of practices. He played in five Super Bowls, for God's sake. He can do this, but this kind of game would have anybody second-guessing themselves. Should it be five strides? Three longer ones? Was it his approach to the ball those last three times that threw him off? Too late now, man. Just got to do it. Four strides and a kick, go. Everyone in the stadium, and us at home, we held our breath as the ball went airborne and cut a swath toward the two stubborn yellow posts. The kick was perfect. Right down the middle, giving the Colts a three-point lead with mere seconds left on the clock. And I was eager to see the faces, Vinatieri's face, the coach's face, the faces of his teammates, and what I saw gave me goosebumps. Relief. Joy. They were all jumping like jackrabbits, man, pounding their helmets into each other like rams. They were exuberant. Of course, the other team was not so much. Well, they let the clock run out, and the teams greeted each other as we watched instant replays of the kick. And a close-up of Vinatieri's face. Here's what I saw in his expression. He would not be the reason for his team's loss. He would not, after three botched kicks, need to answer to reporters and fans with locker room post-game shame. He was vindicated, redeemed. And all of us watching knew just how he felt. Because we know the shame of losing, we are able to feel the triumph in overcoming a slump. It was Shakespeare. It was Thoreau. It was fire and rain. I will never forget the face of a 46-year-old man who made everything right. I'm a fairly recently uh, resurrected football fan. I watched it a lot as a kid. I collected cards and I talked stats with my friends at school. I was also into baseball. I played both sports through junior high until the three G's grabbed a hold of me. Girls, guitars, and gasoline. And I loosened my grip on any athletic endeavors and turned my attention elsewhere. Baseball lost me forever after their second strike in 1995 when I had to tell my six-year-old son why we couldn't go to Reds games anymore together or even see them on television for the rest of the season. So, I gave up on that sport. But football, that's different. Four years ago, I married a Baltimore Ravens fan, and Dina Lynn and I started watching games together. We gather at favorite pubs with friends, and it's fun. After years as a Sabbath-honoring, teetotaling hive worker in a very industrious church, I now look forward to my Sundays. (laughs) There's beer, there's noise, there's junk food, and football, and all is well with the world. I am also, you must understand, a storyteller. And the stuff that interests me about the game is very likely not at all why others watch. Instead of stats, I see allegory, the struggle we can all relate to, not just for the gladiators who bang into each other fighting over territory, but all of us, the little guys, the meek. We all have our monumental struggles. And we need the inspiration that comes with the game. We need to be vindicated. We need redemption of sorts. And knowing we share this struggle with others in our human family. Now, when it comes to football, I'm a swing voter. I have no special allegiance to any team. I watch whatever looks like is going to be a good, tough game, and I cheer on every good play. I boo every bad call. The color of the uniform never matters to me, unless, of course, Dina Lynn is listening, then go Ravens. But usually I'm content to watch the players and the humanity and cheer on their struggle. Whatever struggles you might be going through today, I hope you have moments of making it right. This week may have been tough, with loss, or pain, or as the wide world of sports coined it way back when, the agony of defeat. I know you can do it, there's the ball, laces out, four strides, you'll never know unless you give it that kick. Had a
1: hard time, honey Life's been rough on you Sorrow's way too many Pleasure's far too few Don't go looking back Don't go looking back that way Consider the lilies, honey They don't toil or spin Don't know where they're going Don't fret where they've been Don't go looking back, don't go looking back that way Check out the bigger picture, look further down the road you're on Just give it time and distance, and all these troubles will be gone pedal, soak up the here and now, life's little situations turn out okay somehow, don't go looking back, don't go looking back that way, sure you do things different, some things you'd never do again. Beat yourself up, honey. Think of all the good you've done since then. You've had a hard time, honey. Life's been rough on you. Sorrow's way too many. Pleasure's far too few. Don't go looking back. Don't go looking back that way. Share my lotus petal, soak up the here and now. Life's little situations turn out okay somehow. Don't go looking back, don't go looking back that way. No. Don't go looking back, don't go looking back that way. Don't go looking back, don't go looking back that way. That's right. Give me a smile. Come on.
0: This episode of Resisting Enlightenment is brought to you by... The Carol and Bob Rallenberger Foundation. Because they had some money and created a foundation. They'll let you know when they figure out what they're going to do with the foundation. For now, they're just trying to get the word out. Also by Experinexus, Forging a better world through unclear intentions and vague marketing slogans. Experinexus, We're there. We're the future. We're around the corner. Also by Kutcher & Kunis Films, whose new romantic comedy, Fine, I'll Just Be Over Here Then, will be in theaters Friday. Also by listeners like you, who tell your friends about the podcast and rate and review it so others can see for themselves just how awesome it is.
1: that storm rolled in last week it really took its toll you know lines were down and you should have seen the trash cans roll well it rocked my blocks and my baby about lost control from the last big storm to our last big fight if the trailer ain't level ain't nothing right From the last big storm to our last big fight, if the trailer ain't level, ain't nothing right. Well, my baby ain't speaking and her touch been cold as ice. And my mason jar slides on the table right before my eyes. Well, this trailer ain't haunted, this ain't no pole. From the last big storm to our last big fight If the trailer ain't level, ain't nothing right From the last big storm to our last big fight If the trailer ain't level, ain't nothing right Well, my baby packed up her things and moved back with her mom You know she left last night and it hit me like dropping a bomb. She said this ain't her idea of a home sweet home From the last big storm to her last big fight If the trailer ain't level ain't nothing right The last big storm to her last big fight. If the trailer ain't level, ain't ain't nothing right. Ain't nothing right. Ain't nothing right. Ain't nothing right.
2: He looked like you the same hair color, the same eyes even the eyeglasses. No wonder the sales clerk passed him off as you when he presented your photo ID charge card. That was four days and $3,000 ago. Syntec Laboratories presents a new technology that will revolutionize the credit card industry and stop credit card fraud forever. The new scratch and sniff cards by Visa. It's common knowledge that no one smells quite the same. Each person's special chemistry gives them an odor that is unique and sets them apart from all others. We at SynTech took this knowledge and applied it to a growing problem, credit card theft. Your new scratch and sniff card by Visa will have a sample of your scent permanently applied in the corner by your photo. Sales clerks need only to scratch, sniff, and identify in three easy steps. So now, with the help of SynTech Laboratories, there's an answer. The new scratch and sniff cards by Visa. Now there's no mistake, it's you. I had my thumb in the air.
1: On a southbound road Just stepping into Mississippi Now Let me warn you about the story That's about to unfold It's gonna sound a little trippy I've been walking most of the morning On this hot and hazy day I heard a distant rumble Stepped back and looked its way Hey, broken down Chevelle Rolled to a stop ten feet away It's radiator steaming hot and drippy Well, the door came creaking open and I took a look inside And the smell was anything but ordinary Now, Lord, I said I'm grateful, but when I prayed for a ride I had hoped for something just a bit less scary His fingernails were long and caked with many moons of dirt He had several days of whiskers and a booger on his shirt He said his name was Lawrence, but his feelings would be hurt If I ever called him anything but Larry Larry. Well, Larry asked me where to with a weak and yellow grin. I said, I'm off to see a friend in Nacogdoches. Well, isn't that uncanny? So am I. He said, hop in. This Mississippi sun can be ferocious. So I slid across the postry like a greasy plate of fries. Buckled up my seatbelt and closed both my eyes I'd seen my share of danger, I'm not a stranger to surprise But it usually comes along in smaller doses oh, not smaller He set the ride's free, there's just one price to pay Listen to my story and pass it on one day That's what I'm doing Well, some will carry on, he said, about their childhood days, but mine will have you shaking in your booties. I never found my place in that tricky social maze among the schoolyard jocks and classroom cuties. One autumn day at recess on the playground, second grade, I felt a kid tapping me hard on my shoulder blade, and I found myself bearing the worst curse ever laid, that dreadful kid's disease known as the the cootie well he searched the playground over tapping every kid he saw but they'd all taken steps to avoid contamination they crossed their fingers holding up their hands because that's the law and they showed him their cootie vaccination the autumn wind grew colder and the trees lost their green he carried that burden Till he was almost 16 And he dropped out of high school Untouchable, unclean Just one year shy Of graduation He didn't make it So he's traveled along though these many years The back roads along His own special trail of tears He was the last man He was the last man on earth. He was the last man on earth to get the cooties. He was the last man, he was the last man on earth. He was the last man on earth to get the cooties. Well, the rain came sheeting across the Shelby County line, and the Texas sky was dark blue and starry. We rolled in the Nacogdoches at 25 past nine, the engine farting like a finish line Ferrari. We sat there for a moment, Larry looking deep in thought. He stuck out a shaky finger, and he touched me on the spot. I rolled up my sleeve and showed him my cootie shot. I said, ain't nothing personal, man. I'm sorry, but not that sorry. Larry had this look I've never seen before or since, and I don't know why I thought it so surprising. But there was pain in his eyes, so sharp, it'd make you wince a struggle worse than Holyfield and Tyson. And I saw the bigger picture of a man bent with pain, the world on his shoulders and a bug in his brain. And I waved as he drove off His tires flinging rain As he disappeared into the dark blue horizon He was the last man man. He was the last Last man man on earth He was the last man on earth To get the cooties He was the last man the last man on earth. He was the last man on earth to get the cooties. I'm sorry, Larry.
0: Oh. <laughs> ah, the cooties. Was there a more dreaded thing ever? It spread like wildfire throughout kindergarten playgrounds across America for much of the 20th century. Thank God it seems to be eradicated now after years of research and societal education. What a curse it was. That's a song off my new Good Old Days album. And uh, I just love the drums on that song. Um, Those are uh, played by the great Nashville session player Eddie Bears. He's a monster. And I remember him having so much fun on that track. His arms flying up over the partitions in the live room. Big smile on his face. He was having a good time. And that was one take. And I did all the vocals afterward. And uh, all those answer back vocals and everything, just to add a little more humor to the storytelling. Um, that giggle at the end of uh, the song is none other than the marvelous Polly Zarb, who now lives in England with his family. And he's doing great things there. I miss him a lot. That song, however, kind of brings us around full circle, don't you think? I would venture to guess that Adam Vinatieri is familiar with the Cooties epidemic of our our childhood. I I would say that he probably is aware of that epidemic. No doubt witnessed the shame on his very own playgrounds as a kid. And I dare say the agony of defeat in sports can find its equivalence in the social weight of playground maladies like the Cooties. Anyway, if you're too young to remember the cooties, or somehow escaped the cruelty as a kid, let me briefly explain. One or two kids would start it, usually two particularly sinister children, evil with no souls. They would designate themselves as the initiator of an invisible, destructive virus that only they could cure with a single cootie shot, typically administered with a ballpoint pen. A circle on the upper arm, perhaps, or in our case in central Ohio in the mid-70s, it was ink applied to a pencil eraser and then pressed on the back of your hand like a rubber stamp. That was your cootie shot, and it could only be administered by the very kids who started the whole thing in the first place. If you had the shot, you were immune. It was a diabolical plan for power, clearly. I mean, you create the disease and then claim to be the only one who can cure people of it. Ingenious. Anyway, so I wrote a song about it. I came up with the idea as a kid, thinking you know that somewhere there's going to be that last guy, a social outcast who's carrying the cooties and is still trying to pass it on to an immunized world. Anyway, I finally wrote it in my th- late 30s or something, and there it is. Uh, The Visa card spot before that takes us back a little ways. I found that in my archives. It's a bit I did for the Dave Ramsey show back in the 90s. I used to work at WSM Studios just doing voiceover stuff and radio spots for various radio shows and stuff. And uh, we would write and produce funny spots that they could then use. So I did those for Dave Ramsey. He's now nationally syndicated as one of America's foremost financial gurus. You know, he's a really nice guy, and he loved that commercial spot, and he played it often. A very talented guy, Richard Bachschmidt, produced those bits uh, with my friend Lou Cinder at WSM there. And before that, it was If the Trailer Ain't Level Ain't Nothing Right, which I also thought was an appropriate theme for this episode. Balance that trailer, folks. It'll make all the difference. And the piano you heard tinkling under my monologue about Adam Vinatieri was none other than Jeff Taylor, a wonderful session player here in Nashville. Great guy. As always, visit our website at unhitched.com for my music, my artwork. I'm also a graphic artist, a designer, an illustrator, and my books. I have several of them up there. Memoir style, sometimes humorous, sometimes serious, kind of like this podcast. And uh, check out the events I host with my wife, Dina Lynn, Woodflock, and the Nashville Field Trips, which are more and more fun every time we do one. We're just getting better at them, and we'd love to have you join us. In the meantime, cousins, make sure the laces are out. Four strides, make that kick. We're all in the stands cheering for you. Take care of each other and use your powers for good. I'm Ancy McLean, and I'll see you next time on Resisting Enlightenment.